Jack Sahara, who grew up in Chicago and Hinsdale area, is a correspondent doing radio and journalism over in Istanbul, Turkey. We talked to him earlier in the week. Uh, Jack, I, I want to get into a little bit of the reaction that President Erdogan is getting coming up in just a bit. Uh, a lot of people crying out, where's the state? Um, and we'll get to that in a bit. But overall, just real quick, from your catbird seat in Istanbul, what are you hearing on what I would call the front lines, the most devastated part of the earthquake? What are you hearing back in Istanbul? I mean, the biggest fear is the fear of the unknown, right? And we're talking thousands of buildings or people are trapped still under it. We're hearing that even though the death toll is still at about 21,000 right now, we're still thinking that perhaps it would be 10,000 more, maybe even more on top of that. Um, It's horrifying. And I think I told you this before in our last conversation, but when a disaster like this, when an earthquake hits such as this, it triggers this kind of PTSD in the collective consciousness of a city. You know, Istanbul has, uh, has 20 million people in it, three times the size of New York City. And, and they remember in 1999 what happened here when an earthquake hit and we had 100,000 buildings collapse. I'm sorry, 50,000 buildings collapse. So it is just, it's gut-wrenching. You know, um, you know I'm from Chicago. I love the snow. I miss it here. We're, we're kind of Mediterranean weather over here. But watching the snow in the past couple of days fall is just the saddest thing I've ever seen. Because I know that in the southeast part of the country, there are so many people on the streets right now trying to survive these sub-zero temperatures. Even if they didn't lose their homes, they're, they're just in the most horrific conditions. You, you can't even imagine it. I think for a lot of Americans, we're not very good geographically. Uh, when the Ukraine-Russia war broke out and they brought up the Chechen shoulder, uh, soldiers coming in to help Russia, a lot of Americans had to go to a map just to figure out where it was and where that part of the world is. I don't think people understand the size of Turkey and the diversity of terrain. Yeah, um, there, there's that. I mean, we have everything um, from, you know, several different languages spoken here to um, different you know, topographical parts of the country from, from mountains and flatlands that can make things very difficult. Um, I just think that it's really important. The most important thing people in Illinois can remember is that this earthquake is hitting in an area that has been under... Um, it has been a conflict zone for many years. I mean, we talk about Turkey, but even even making things even more difficult is the war in Syria, a war that's not over yet. Um, the, half the population affected by this earthquake is under opposition-held territories. They're not run by the Assad regime. Um, they're blocked off for the most part because there's only one bridge that can get from Turkey to Syria to, to offer aid for these folks, and that bridge was pretty destroyed for the last couple of days. You can't even fathom what it must be like when you go through a situation like this and you know nobody is coming. Wow. There's no trucks helping you out. There's nobody, there's nobody helicoptering in, flying and parachuting in to, to save you, to save your loved ones that are under rubble right now. And you mentioned before, or you asked before, is like, is this... Are these kind of villages and whatnot. These are major metropolitan areas. 
Antakya is a city of 200,000 people and a colleague of mine, Jane Ferguson, and I recommend everybody going on Instagram and, and watching her content on there. She's on the ground right now. Her, her reporting is amazing. She's for PBS. And the, the frightening thing that she mentioned is that out of a city of 200,000 people, she doesn't see a single building that you can walk into right now. And, and 200,000 people is pretty just, much the, the size of Peoria, uh, the population of Peoria, a little bit more than uh, the population of Peoria. Yeah. This is Mark Jack. I, I'm wondering, is are things starting to get to the people in need, or is it still kind of like four or five days in now and nothing is happening? Because that's the worst. It's like you know you can do a couple days, but then after that, people start getting a little antsy. I mean, I I don't know how to put this into the correct perspective for you. Um, It's hard to explain. Um, There are a lot of areas where the earthquake affected. It affected 10 provinces inside Turkey, not alone just Syria. And the answer is there are going to be areas where, where nobody ever comes for help yeah so i I wanted to get to this president erdogan is getting a lot of criticism he even admitted his shortcuttings and uh, shut twitter down for a short amount of time because of the disinformation that's going on but president erdogan said yes we have shortcomings but how do you prepare for a tragedy like this now we already had it in 1999 there were building codes that uh, were brought up that any new construction in Turkey has to be more earthquake resistant. But I was just uh, reading a quote from a civil engineer said it was not enough. But but I'm not defending President Erdogan, but I am empathetic in the sense when you have a quake of this mag- magnitude, 7.8 and 7.5, over such 10 provinces, um, I, I don't know how you can be prepared and have the resources to meet such a disaster. Well, there's a couple of things. First and foremost, Twitter was not shut down because of disinformation. When there's an attack in this country, when there is high criticism of, of people in power, they shut down social media. Not just Twitter, Facebook and YouTube and other social media in this country get shut down historically all the time. In fact, Wikipedia was even banned for five years because they didn't like what they said about the government. So that's just, it's not about disinformation. It's about an autocratic system which shuts down dissent. Okay. On top of that, how do you, how do you prepare? I own my home in Istanbul. And for those, since 1999, anybody who has, who's a property owner pays an earthquake tax to help with building codes, rebuilding um, uh, apartment buildings and other buildings which are not up to code. And that money has never been accounted for. Instead, there's been a nationwide highway system built by construction companies tied to the president, um, which is the target of an outcry right now uh, about corruption. Um, in addition to that, you, you know, there's about, I think it's something along the lines of uh, $1.7 billion in relief from the World Bank. 95 countries are donating um, aid, 16 international organizations, et cetera. Why does Turkey need so much help? When I came to Turkey eight years ago, the dollar got you two and a half lira. It gets you about 19 lira today. There's been a currency collapse. The inflation, now Americans have been dealing with inflation for the past couple of years now. The inflation here is 200 times that amount of what you're facing right now. 
And one of the biggest criticisms that the government is facing right now is that their unorthodox economic policies have created an economic crisis that can't contend with a crisis like this one. Turkey literally can't afford to deal with the earthquake. So it's, it's, it's curious because it's, we're, we're not in a developed country. This is a developed country. I'm sorry, yeah. we're not in a developing country. We're in a developed country here. Wow. So uh, that you're not painting a very good picture for the, uh, the future. And I know that in some part of the countries, there's been obviously the Kurdish separatist groups who have been fighting the government um, and and. Were those areas hit, and are the Kurds even allowing uh, the government to come in? This is not a question about Kurdish opposition groups in Syria allowing the government to come in. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a question about Kurds who live in Turkey. That's what I'm saying, yes. In the effect, but they're not... Inside Turkey, there's a massive Kurdish population. Diyarbakir, which was very near the epicenter of the earthquake, is a Kurdish-speaking region. So it's not, a, it's not an issue of are they allowing them to come in. It's a question of does they, do they get a share of the aid that's coming in? Sure. You know, this is a country where Kurdish um, schools have been shut down, where Kurdish political parties are designated as terrorist organizations. The head of the of the Kurdish opposition party in Turkey is in jail. Because if you're a political opponent of the of the government, you tend to get prosecuted. So, so that's so there's a, there's a lot of things going on. Well, yes, and, and and he brings up a good point from the perspective that the president and the ruling government is they're terrorists inside Turkey. It's a large Kurdish population, and, and they have been labeled terrorists. That's very interesting whether they're going to get any aid or not coming from the Turkish government. There's so many layers to this. And, Jack, I apologize because it's hard not to go all over the board. We'll check in with you sometime next week. But um, there's so much developing, and we thank you so much for your time and giving us a correct background on what's going on in Turkey. Yeah, thank you. You're in our thank thoughts. You. Everybody in Turkey is in our thoughts, too. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jack. We'll talk to you next week.